Humanity, humanity has battled with evil throughout the ages, fought tirelessly to protect itself from being consumed by the monstrous horrors that plague the land. But as darkness grows, the flame of hope grows dim. Who shall rekindle the fire? Who shall save us? Divine, why are you so obsessed with sticking shafts into people? Well, hopefully a bunch of douchebags with dice will do the trick. of nerds gathered around their screens drinking and dungeoneering in hopes to get some gold and girls. Join them for a crazy adventure. These are the Tabletop Champions. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tabletop Champions podcast. I'm Sean, your Dungeon Master, and tonight with me I have Scott, who plays Marithil, or Nedaline. Uh, Kyle, who plays Torin. Hello! Uh, Wade, who plays Devin. It's spelled D-E-V-I-N. <laughs> Good to know. And ben, and ben, who plays Stark. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi, Sean. Hi. So, uh... All this time I've been saying Devon. Devon. <laughs> Ladasha. Devin. <laughs> but, uh... Anyway, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, thanks for coming to play. We'll uh, go ahead and get started by rolling a d20 and see what happened last week. Okay. Uh, oh. Devin rolled a 3. Torn rolled a 3. Stark rolled a 16. And yes. Italine rolled a 17. All you, buddy. So, Scott, what happened? Well, so, last time on the podcast, we traveled to the city of Yenpool. Uh, where we met with some resistance fighters uh, that were battling the city. They told us to seek out a gentleman named Imhotep, and um, we spoke to him, I believe, and uh, he told us about a secret way into the city that would like help us bypass all the guards. Um, so we did that. We fought a ton of mummies when we got in and then we were i think were we like transported to an area or did we just come into the room with you all like, the, like you well it was yeah so you fought the mummies and you went through a tunnel and then there was a creature that carried you across the astral plane or what you assumed was the astral That's plane right. to a different place yeah and then we were in a room with like a like a ton of treasure but we were told not to touch any of it and then there was like the Egyptian like Book of the Dead or whatever, and we were judged by like we were judged on our sins by a couple of gods or like elder gods, I guess. And then we were deemed to be sinners, and we had to fight a huge hippopotamus, cheetah, uh, alligator, or crocodile, lion, monster, and it killed Stark in one hit. And then it killed uh, Torin, and then I got two critical hits against it, and then Devin killed it as per usual. And then we uh, saw like a ghostly like visage of Siliqui talking to Sotarik Kasab, I believe. And mm-hmm. then we killed uh, we killed Kasab with fire, and that's where you are. 
yeah. you guys are in this large antechamber. Ante and if I recall, that was the end of Act Two. That's what it was. So, um, the, what, what, uh, um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? The biggest bad evil thing in the campaign. Siliqui? Siliqui. Siliqui. Pretty anyway, But Siliqui, one important thing of note that Siliqui said is that the portals have opened and that Siltara Kassab had used up her usefulness at this point. So, you guys are now in a room with the corpse of Siltara Kassab. And, uh, is it again? It's a large antechamber. Um, it's stone. There are windows that you can see outside. Um, small ones, nothing, nothing huge, but um, yeah. And it's at the top of this tower. And I think, uh, as a real quick note, um, we were asking. I know we killed her with fire, but we. I know Torn was particularly curious if her body was still recognizable. I, um, I think Devin's fire. Was. It's Devin's pulled, fire. I, I, well, I pulled her out of it, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, you did, and she died in your arms. Yeah, um, because it's very important that her body is recognizable, because Torn is going <laughs> to remove her head, um, okay. because he put out a, a ransom to kill her yeah. for, like, a bucket of cash. And like 30,000 gold. Yeah, exactly. And so I need to be able to prove that she's dead so that people do not come asking for money. Um, okay. I because- think... We should uh, impale her. That's fine. I just need her to remain recognizable. I don't care what else happens. I just need the people of Yenpool to see uh, very clear evidence that Siltara Kassab is dead. Divian, why are you so obsessed with sticking shafts into people? You, I thought you two... <laughs> I thought... Anyway. Well, she was evil, and she's dead. So you only so, put your shaft in evil things. Or dead things? She was a traitor to mankind. She was a traitor to us all, so this is what happens when you go against the king. I like how you corrected mankind when you realized that you are not a man. <laughs> <laughs> but rather a tiefling. Uh, so, so you guys are discussing this in this room. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you hear a scuffle in the hallway, metal clanging against metal, and then all of a sudden it gets silent. And then a door opens, and three people bust in, one of them being Imhotep. Cool. You see, we could have just fallen and gotten here just as fast. And he says, says, (laughs) what what took you so long? That was three days ago. Oh, God. again? You have the worst shortcuts in the world, Imhotep. (laughs) Let me just go on the record. But at least you gave us this, and then I roll uh, Siltara Kassab's head to his feet. And he steps on it and looks down at it and spits on it and kicks it back to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's and thus the game of soccer was invented. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call this football. <laughs> he says, I wasn't sure what you were going to find down there, but apparently it took you a little longer than expected. Uh, hey, spoiler alert, it was really unpleasant. So thanks for that I shortcut. I had to kill a god. Uh, there was this... Many- See crocodile hippo monster. Many, like many, many former slaves have died in this cause, but you have helped free us. What would you have of us? Mm. Uh, Your indentured servitude? Hey, hold on, <laughs> hold on. We did not free slaves to put them into servitude. Oh, did uh, we not? We did not. Uh, 
I, just, I, I hate to break it. That's why we were here. Um, well, what would you have of Yenpool in, uh, now that the slaves are free? We would establish it as a free nation open to trade. Great. The slavers benefited for so long off of the great fruits of our labor, we should at least see some benefit from it. Great. So the city is yours, but I swear if I ever hear about slavery again, it's your head this time. You wish to make me leader? I, I guess. No. I mean, people no. rally. the people rally behind me, but... We tell you what, we will host an election for the new great house. Well, that was easy. I was going to force you to democratically elect uh, your leader. but We have uh, no wish. We have no wish for anything anything other than democracy. There's one Uh, thing that I want to make clear real quick, like the end is nigh. The end is nigh. Devin's got off the end already. I thought... I didn't think we were burning the city down. I thought we kind of accomplished what we needed to accomplish. <laughs> so according, to, according to Siliqui, the end is nigh. Okay, but that's not like, that doesn't mean that we should burn the city to the ground. No, no, no that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the exact opposite. Oh, gonna, okay. Are you going to go back to Steebrook and make a sign that says it and carry it with you everywhere? <laughs> I would prefer a sandwich board. There's no signs in this world, only sandwich Just boards. Sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Has the sandwich been invented yet? No, just the sandwich board. Okay. So now you have the opportunity to invent the sign and the sandwich. All right. Coming soon to a tchotchkes near you. Um, the sandwich. The new. I have this bread and this lettuce. You don't need to serve it separate. There's no way that Torin's first sandwich would be bread and lettuce. It would be a fried chicken breast with bacon on top of a fried chicken breast. So I'm going to invent the KFC sandwich. I invent the KFC double down. <laughs> that that would be, that would be Torrid style. Like, that, that really fits. That fits perfectly. He, he wakes up from his, Those with the side of our newly invented Mac and cheese. Yeah, oh, comes Jesus. free with the side of our new Mac and cheese uh, bites <laughs> that we just invented. Uh, Sidebar, I had deep fried Mac and cheese the other day in Seattle and it was pretty phenomenal. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. Is that just you bragging about delicious yeah, food you've eaten? I was. Yeah. Has anyone here had fried ice cream before? I have. Yeah. Good. Hey, let's just talk about fried foods. Fuck this whole <laughs> DMV. <laughs> so anyway, so he says, uh, what, do you, what do you mean the end is nigh? The uh, demon portal's opening, apparently. So the demon sec- portal? Apparently. apparently. Hmm. This is grave news. We must shore up our defenses again now that we've partially destroyed them. But it was necessary for a, but it was necessary for a free republic. Uh, I thank well, you for your efforts. Is there anything that I may aid you in? Uh, no, I think we're good. Well, perhaps, perhaps some guards. <laughs> nah. All right. Um. Hey, have you ever met a woman named Elizabeth? Uh, no, I can't, can't say that I have. I mean, Elizabeth is not a common name in these parts. All right. Fair enough. Then I think we're good. Or, I'm sorry, Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Elizabeth. He says, well, uh, please let me see you through the carnage we created on our way through here and help you make your way back to the city proper. Uh, uh, I was going to say, what was that? Oh, good. Oh, good. I was afraid we were going to have to go back the way we came. Oh God. No, no, I no. It's, it's, it's clear now after, 
you know, three days. Oh, I thought it would be better. I apologize for my indiscretion. You're good. Yeah, so by the way, is this the voice I was speaking in three days ago? Because it's been a long time since we talked. I don't remember you doing a voice for him. I don't remember okay. at all. I, okay. So, so yeah, sure. it's good. Sure. It's perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> so you guys work your way back down through the tower. Are you keeping Sultara Kassab's head? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I you work your way. See it. Okay. I have a sidebar question about the uh, hippopotamus monster. Like, what happened yes. to that thing? Um, it dissolved as well as the rest of the room when you oh, killed it. Bummer. All right. I just wanted to see if we could keep it for five guys, fruits and fish and finer foods. <laughs> Tell you what, it's still there, just at the bottom of the staircase, uh, bottom of the thing. If so, you would like to keep it. So I hate to say it, but we can we can keep the the carcass for that, but the head. Um, Should go have in to, It needs to be stuffed, mounted, and put on the wall in tchotchkes. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, we take the time to disassemble the uh, creature, Sean. So I leave okay. with both Satara Kasab's head. So we're going back and okay. the crocodile monster's head. Even though, <laughs> yeah, can we just have, on yeah. it and say we already did that, Sean? Uh yes, we, we can say we, that. Hey, Torin, down there for an hour. So, Torin, yeah. I have an idea for what you can do. You can take Satara Kasab's head and put it inside the open mouth. Of the alligator lion head. I was already going to stuff and mount it and put it on the head of Ch- at the wall at Chachki's, so that sounds like a perfect a perfect fit. Uh, so I do that. That happens. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So I guess let's uh, let's let's bounce from Yenpool. Yeah. All right. So you guys work your way back down through the. Yeah. Somewhere Sorry. we parked Sometimes our clock in the car. Yeah, some place, some place we parked our car, or is it just like, is it in your pack? It's a fold-up yeah. car. It, like, yeah, it's, it's a, a ring. Okay, so we would basically just get like right outside of whatever this hall is and be like, "All right, bye." <laughs> bye, Imhotep, and he's just like, "I'll show you guys to the gate." And we yeah. just fly off, <laughs> and then we just hop on a car and go, "Bye." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you guys work your way down through the temple, uh, or not through the temple, through the um, the castle tower, um, make your way to ground level, and you are greeted by hundreds, if not thousands, of former slaves cheering you and just excited about everything that's happening. Um, and I- Imhotep says, he says, he kind of puts his hands up and like motions people to quiet down, quiet down. And he's like, these adventurers have worked to help free us. We are now the free Republic of Yenpool. And, and there's um, a massive uproar. And I, I take a step up to his side um, and I, I kind of wait for them to quiet down again. And I, and I say, and I hold up Sultara Kasab's head to the crowd. And I say, let this be a lesson to those who think slavery will exist in this land. Um, you know, we speak here with the king of Irulan, and I point to Stark, uh, and I say, you know, slavery will never be accepted in the lands of Irulan again. And there's a massive uproar. People are just, uh, like, unbelievably pleased about what is happening. They're they're going crazy, and, you know, people are popping bottles in the streets. They're... They're they're kind of because you're in the outside of the inner city. There is some looting going on in the inner city where the slave owners' houses was. Um, is there anything you're going to do about that? Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out my jug, 
and I say, let's get turnt, and I shoot like a geyser of beer into the crowd. I turn, to, just... I turn to, to Torin, and I say, uh, you are just talking about the surface world, correct? <laughs> uh, I, I, uh... Well, that's... Anything that he's got jurisdiction on, and I point to Stark, uh, no slaves. Oh, all right. That, that, that is fine, then. You, you I, do just got you no I, I just got no idea I want to do. Hey, so real quick, though, you got slaves where you're from? Uh, no. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have no, I have a zero in insight, so I'm not even gonna try to roll that. Yeah, don't even try. <laughs> That's fine. I just believe you. We're good. You said the right answer. So, so uh, you guys work your way uh, through the crowd. There's massive partying, and what are you guys doing now? I don't even know that we work th- our way through the crowd. I think we just like pull out the car and bounce from this joint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, gotta look super awesome to fly away. Yeah, it'll be pretty cinematic. All right. So you're flying to where? Back into my tower. You guys fly into Devin's tower. You make your way through the broken glass. Um, you land on next to the orb where Devin controls, and now you guys are in the mage tower. The mage college. The mage college. What's well, the mage tower of the mage college? <laughs> and I Real sur- deep names here. The is all uppercase every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I promptly leave the Mage College and check out Chachkis. That's where I'm headed. I don't know about you guys, but that's where I'm headed. Yeah, I head to Chachkis as well. Uh, I'm gonna go try and find uh, Paris's sister. Okay. She's probably at the Mage College. Didn't she run away yeah. after like Devin said that he was glad nope, that Paris she's... was dead? I never thought she's still was living in. Oh, you said that he was a dick, <laughs> and then she no, saw. She's still living in the. She's li- still living in the Mage College. Um, you go into a room and there's like pictures of teeny bopper bards on the wall and stuff like that. But there's, <laughs> she's nowhere to be found. Bard direction. <laughs> yeah, bard direction. Backstreet bards. Beards for that one. <laughs> The five bards of summer. Yep. Um, but she's nowhere to be found. She's been spending a lot of time here. It's fairly odd that she's not here. Hmm. Maybe she's with Elizabeth. Yeah. So, Devin, what are you doing? I'm thinking it's back to Avisac. Okay. So, you kind of set a course. going around the coastline. Okay. So you start to work your way, or the, the city starts to work its way around the coastline. You're able to set a course so you don't have to spend your whole time flying the city. You can kind of set waypoints. You visualize the world around you, and you can, you know, not have to be there the entire time that the city is flying if you would like to do other things. Mm. Unless you want to do, like, fancy tricks, then you've got to be standing there. <laughs> yeah. Do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Sorry. Anywho. No, I can't imagine I'd be doing much of anything, actually. Okay, so you're just hanging out at the D-Mage College doing your thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that in a second. For right now, uh, Torin and Nedeline, uh go to Tchotchkes. Can you guys all see that map? Uh, oh. Hang on. 
Working on it. Yeah, there oh, it there is. There's my tchotchkes. I can't wait to see a fan drawing of the wall of tchotchkes. Wall of Torrance right? trophies. Oh, that'll be cool. So, um... You apparently got a fire burning out back. That's the garbage pit. <laughs> they they have to burn the garbage once a week. So for the listener, uh, I created the first actual map of tchotchkes. Um, I'd like, I'd like oh, to... Hey, look. As a, There's even a logo. Yeah. As a quick yeah. aside, uh, I think Sean has officially spent the most amount of time map building for our campaign on just the tchotchkes layout. Oh, just wait. It's a really detail. And it's fantastic. <laughs> How long did that logo take you? Um, not very long. I just stole a logo of another establishment that is a real life thing and then edited it out in fireworks and put in tchotchkes and a little beer thing. Perfect. <clears throat> it's everything so, I could have ever hoped tchotchkes to be. So that's the logo that's out front. It's like a red and white barber striped uh, placard out front. It says tchotchkes on it. And it's got a tankard of ale at the top of it. So the weird thing is, as you come up to Tchotchkes, there's something new that's there. In the town center, there was always a fountain. Mm -hmm. But now there is a statue in it. And you guys are approaching from the backside. And you can kind of see past it. And there are people standing in front of it. And there's a bunch of flowers. Okay. Uh, I check it out. Okay. As you come around, there is an impromptu memorial set up for Paris. And as you look at the statue... Uh, this is a finely carved stone statue of Paris holding, uh, I totally meant to remember the name. Elf Miravore. Elf Miravore. Holding Elf Miravore into the water. Um, and there's people crying. There's like hand-drawn pictures of Paris there. And people are weeping and they're sad. And for the listener, Alf Miravor is a family heirloom that Paris decided to not give to his sister before he ascended into heaven. <laughs> he also decided to not give away his whistle. Yeah. Oh, uh, damn, you're right. I totally should have done that. I yep. don't know why I didn't think about that. Not, not that I've been doing editing yep. and thinking guys about that no exact thing. I... <laughs> that sucks. Yep, there's a couple of... Yep. Well, so, um, and this is this is in the town center. So, to the north here would be town hall. Okay. okay. Um, here's Tchotchkes, and then across the way are several shops. But that's pretty much the town center. So they have erected a statue of Paris in the town center. Erected. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> You're just gonna laugh at the word erected? Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and yet here we are. <laughs> Sorry, that was too easy. That was too easy to pass up. So uh so what do you guys do? Do you talk to the people? Do you No I'm good, I figured it out. I just go inside the Chachkis. <laughs> there's also there's also a caravan out front you recognize. Oh well, I'll talk to them. Uh there's no one there though. Alright, well I'm assuming that they're it's all dwarves that run the caravan, right? Gnomes. Gnomes, yeah. And it's a Short. specific caravan you recognize. Oh, yeah, it's, it's Five's Fruits and Fish, right? No, no. Oh. Well, that may be parked elsewhere, but this is the caravan of Bach, Bach and Elsa Flittergrind. Yeah, my buddies of Flittergrinds. Uh, so, I'm going to check inside the bar and see if they're there. So you go into the bar, <laughs> and right here you hear some chatter. 
from a table next to you. Hey, uh, give I, me perception checks. Yeah. A real quick, when I walk into the bar, do people be like, hey, Torin? Yeah, they immediately say, hey, Torin, and they raise glasses, and everybody's excited to be there. Exactly. Um, a waitress already somehow is waiting at the door with a ale for you. Nice. Tchotchkes, where everybody knows your name. Uh, if your name is Torin. <laughs> if your name is Torin. Uh, I rolled a 13 perception. And I rolled a 14 perception. Okay. Um, both uh, Paris and Torin here at the I table. Think you mean to him. Paris is dead. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Marithil or Nedaline. I don't know. Have you switched out of your disguise yet? No. No, I'm still Marithil. Okay. That's, so why I'm, Marithil, that's, why I'm, that's why I'm coming to Chachkis right now, in fact. So both Marithil and Torin here um, next to them. Your PowerPoint presentation is going off as a failure. Give me a charisma check. Are you asking me to do a charisma check, or are you no, saying that's, that's what I hear? No, that's table next to you, and then someone picks up some dice and rolls it, and they're like, I got a 14. And they're like, plus your performance modifier? Uh, all right. <laughs> I, and so I walk over, and I go, howdy. And I assume it's all uh, middle-aged or slightly rotund men. Sitting at the table, and they say, "That are, that are their kid. Uh, that are their uh, prepubescent." And they say, <laughs> "Hello, greetings hey, and salutations." Um, Would you like to join us? We're playing offices and armchairs. Uh, no, no. Um, but I. It's a just, game about an ulterior universe in the future with computers. I don't know what a computer is. Uh, Neither do we, but we came up with it. Great! That sounds like a fun thing. I just want to remind you guys about the. Two drink minimum. That have you all? Uh, well, okay. Um, all right. Uh, the waitress here will serve us. Uh, we'll each take um, two 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 ales each. Uh, great, because I don't think uh, there's a drinking age in this. So get these get these children some ale. <laughs> oh, I'm not a child, sir. I'm thirty five. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, well, get these adult children some ale. <laughs> and she scurries off. And um, so as you look across the bar with your perception checks as well, uh, you notice two things. You notice Bach Flittergrind right here sitting at the bar with Elsa. And you notice Paris's sister slumped over on the bar, like running her finger around a glass of some strong spirit. So she's hammered drunk. You God would imagine that. Here. So shame Devin's not here. Um, I just walk over and talk to Bach. I walk over and talk to Valens. So, so you come up and and Bach Flittergrind says, Ah, oh, Torrance, good to see you. Nice to see you too. I'm, uh, I'm impressed you guys got up here. Well, uh, we came up after you when you guys were still in Avisac and we were putting our our uh, caravan together up here as you guys flew across and got us stuck in a fish and then you immediately left to go to Yenpool. So we well, haven't really had a chance to talk to you. Well, if it makes you feel better, we uh, we killed the old uh, lady in Yenpool and I pull out uh, Sultara Kasab's head and I plop it down on the bar. She says, oh, well, I'm glad she's dead. I'm not glad she's here, but you know what? Your bar, your rules. Absolutely. How about this drink on me? He says, oh, I'd be much obliged, Mr. Torin. All right, let's do this. Uh, and I, I pull out, of... I pull out some of the, uh, the special ale that we got from uh, the old dead king. 
He says, oh, this is good ale. You should be selling this in the uh, the caravan down below. We're in contact with them. They're still selling your goods. All right. Well, we can definitely work out a deal uh, on how much uh, <laughs> on how much uh, we can sell these bottles for. But they're very pricey because I can't. Get I more would imagine. Of you know what? My people have ways of selling things for a little more than they're worth. Ah, uh, well, and this I like, is worth a lot. I knew I liked you, and it only gets better. Uh, so, you know, we can, we can, we can cut out the part where we talk about business deals and yeah. negotiations. So you guys talk about business deals for but a I give bit. him, uh, I give him a decent amount of the, uh, the beer or the ale or whatever for his inventory. Okay. So you give him like a couple cases. Yep. And, um, then at the end of it, he says, look, I'm not just up here to, you know, come and pay a visit. The wife Elsa and I are looking for a place to stay for a while. Uh, somewhere where we might be able to meet up with the caravan here and there. Do you think there's a place we might be able to hold up up here? And uh, well, I think I think um, in our newly renovated tchotchkes, I think we have a couple rooms uh, available. I would be more than happy to pay for that. We're we're looking for work, so uh, well, you know. So I think, yeah, I'll... I I think there's at least uh, one or two rooms that I think might be sufficient for you. We have uh, one room that's uh, designed to um, sleep to. So uh, why don't I give you the uh, the old master suite back there in our corner? And he says, oh, that's very generous of you. It's not necessary. We're used to sleeping in caravans, you know, but a good night's sleep would do us well. Well, it's awesome. We happily you. pay for it. it well, good, because I wasn't going to give it to you for free. Uh, so yeah, so we work out some terms on that as well. Um, all right. And then, uh, I assume I'm getting probably more than it's worth for it. Yeah. Give me a check on that. He's a pretty savvy businessman. Uh, Ooh boy. Well, I have like no charisma. So what kind of check would you like? I can do Uh, charisma or deception. Uh, well, here's just a straight charisma check. Here's a straight charisma check for you because it's the same as deception. I rolled a four. So he is getting um, a fantastic deal. Well, he says, he says, you know what? As much as I appreciate the offer, I think we'll just stay in the caravan out back for now. But uh, if you hear of any work, let us know. And, uh, <coughs> and he raises a glass. You guys finish your beers. And him and Elsa work their way out of the tavern. Elsa's kind of stumbling a little bit, but they're laughing and having a good time. Okay. He left half of his mac and cheese bites on the bar. I eat them. Okay. Um, let's cut, oh, so Stark, you've obviously had a chance to check and look for Paris's sister. What are you doing at that point? Uh, well, my first thought is I am really bad at finding women. They just, just disappear when I look for them. <laughs> this is really weird. Yeah. I look for Elizabeth, I can't find her. I look for Valenth, I can't find her. <sighs> I guess I'll just go to Tchotchkes. So you go to Tchotchkes, um... And Marithil's there a little bit before you, and she sits down next to Paris' sister. Paris' sister goes, Oh, who are you? Uh, my name is uh, Marithil. Marithil, it's nice to meet you. And your name? Me? I am... cannot remember right now. <laughs> oh, that is uh, a very interesting name. Uh, what's your sister's name? It's Valent. Valent, god damn it. I'm having a horrible time remembering names tonight. I'm, I'm Valent. 
Oh, that's nice to meet you. That's a beautiful name. That was uh, my mother's name. Was your mother's name? Is she dead? No. Is your brother dead? Um, no. Because mine is. And then she goes back and she slugs back another drink and she like pounds it down on the tchotchkes bar and she's like, give me another one of those. And the bartender's like, oh, I think you've had too much. She's like, I'll tell you when I've had enough. And she tries to stand up out of her stool and she kind of stumbles a little bit. Are you going to try and catch her? Yeah, I catch her. Okay. Uh, so you catch her and you set her back down and she's like, I don't even know if life is worth living anymore. Do you ever feel that way? Oh, from time to time. They're supposed to be having a memorial for my brother tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to go. Uh, and your brother was uh, an important person, I take it? His name was Paris Mithelmer. He was a great guy. And she starts crying, at which point uh, Stark walks in. Okay. Stark, you see what you see. You see some people playing at a game to the right of you. And uh, you see Torin drinking at the bar, and then you see Marithil with Paris's sister. Oh, there she is. And he walks up to uh, Valenth and uh, Marathil, and he kind of looks over at Marathil. And I give Stark a really fucking dirty look. <coughs> and she says, so, Oh, <laughs> King Stark, may pleasure make your acquaintances. My brother is dead. And she starts to tear up, and she puts her head in the bar, and she says, And you didn't do anything to save him. I don't think you realize how squishy Stark is. <laughs> she says, I hope you have your eulogy prepared for tomorrow. You better make it special. My brother was a very special man. And she goes to stand up, and she's like just crying hysterically right now. And she turns to leave. Um, yeah. Is she, like, gonna be able to get out of the room? She's trying. She's stumbling quite a bit. So, does Torin notice her stumbling and trying to leave? Yes. Uh, give me right. a perception check. I would imagine you do, yeah. This is kind of like, when you're in a bar and you notice something's going on, you notice something's going on. Yeah, I mean, you I, notice it. I rolled a 15, yeah. So, yeah. I, um... I I kind of walk over and I kind of um, lightly grab her shoulder, like not like just like you know grabbing her, uh, and yeah. I say, you know, we've got some rooms in the back. Why don't you come on, come back with me? And she tries to like shoo your hand away. She's like, my I, Devin was nice enough to give me a room in the Mage College, but he didn't protect my brother either. Well, why? <laughs> I don't, don't know where I'm going to go. Well, we've got rooms here. Why don't I set you up in a room? Um, we'll, we'll talk about money tomorrow, and in the meantime, let's just set you up in a room it's so you can sleep It's all about money with you, isn't it? It's or, mostly about money. That's all you care about. I mostly do just care about money. My but brother cared about the people of this land. I, you know... I'll sleep in your room, but... Uh, why, I, no, hold on. You're not sleeping not in my room. Not your room, the room here. 
you're not my type. Uh, and so I bring her back to one of the smaller rooms that are cheaper. Uh, and I kind of like guide her there. Uh, before, before that happens, I stop Torin and I say, Torin, I think you should let me handle this. It uh, requires a delicate touch. Uh, I don't really know you that well. And I don't really need some weirdness happening. So let me take care of this one. She's not really my type, so don't worry about it. I, can I do an intimidation check? <laughs> uh, sure. What would an intimidation check be against? Uh, I don't Constitution know. probably or will. How did we? How did we do it last time? Did we just make <laughs> opposing intimidation? Yeah, just make opposing intimidation checks. You guys eye each other down. Your eyes grow narrow. I rolled an eighteen. Oh well, come on! You got the same fucking roll. So really? at this point, at, yeah. at this point uh, you two are like staring at each other, and Stark just walks over, like walks past, and helps her to her room. God damn it, Stark! Okay, that's fair. He does. Yep. I don't so Stark know. helps her to her room. He lays her down. It's only like two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Um, so you get her set up for the evening, and you come out, and you guys are all sitting at the bar. Um, when the the head guard comes in, he says, "My liege Stark, I have a matter to discuss with you. It revolves around pa- Paris's memorial service. You had said that you were preparing something. Uh, that is what I have heard. Uh, the memorial service is to commence tomorrow. Uh, yes, I uh, need and to we, uh speak with someone about making sure everything's." set up but uh the uh the chapel is or the uh the temple is arranged for tomorrow everyone is aware of the services uh mr benar uh we had hoped that we could use tchotchkes too as a reception hall after the services uh well we're in tchotchkes proper i mean tchotchkes sorry tchotchkes too is in new weedale well we Uh, were hoping we could use tchotchkes they're all so popular i get them mixed up uh, well, there's two, and the second one has two in the name, so I guess work on that. Uh, but yeah, uh, we could use tchotchkes. Um, I assume who's going to be covering the down payment for the open bar? We were hoping you would be able to do that, Mr. Benar. Uh, all right. I guess... Uh, people will be spending money on drinks. Your friend has perished. We were hoping you would be gracious enough to lend your services to oh, the so ailing people. So you're saying we don't need an open bar? No, but it would be gracious of you. All right. Well, you know, we'll do uh, half-priced appetizers. And uh, an open bar. An open bar. That is gracious of you. The people will be pleased. But none of the uh, none of the private reserve. No, no, no. We wouldn't expect that. We're expecting just well drinks and and of course you're not your finest. He says the people will be pleased. I'm going to award you a Stebert point for that. All right. I've actually added that to my character sheet. One more. The, the MPC says that. I'm going to give you a Stebert. Yep. Yep. That's what he says. I'm like, to give they're you a like. Ste- they're like bitcoins. I don't. I don't yeah. get a special uh, credit for giving them half-priced apps. No, you get a Steebrook point. All right. Just saying. <laughs> what would you get? I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm joking. Use for some shiny new reputation loot. 
So time passes. Is there anything else you guys need to take care of here while you're waiting? I'm going to make yeah, sure that <laughs> um, Marithil doesn't uh, disturb Paris' sister. But outside of that, nothing. Okay. Yeah, I just want to go right. talk with Bill Quo. Okay. What are you talking yeah, to Bill Quo about? Uh, well, he's the one who would set up everything, right? Or I'd ask him to, anyway. Set up everything what? For the... The memorial service memorial. says, yes, he says, he says, um, the, the flying ship should arrive tomorrow. Uh, people are coming from far and wide for the memorial service. The, the allies to you in the council will be arriving. Uh, Paris's father will be arriving. Um, and several other people from across the realm. She'll be here. Um, he says, I'm sorry. I, I wrote quite the dirge this morning for Paris, and it's affected me. And he oh. says, but everything is in order. But yes, he set everything up. He set the memorial service up. He set, you know, all that, so. Good, good, good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking <coughs> care of that for me. I... With all of this dealing with the uh, it's not a problem and I no need to speak I'm at your service my liege thank you Bilko Devin what are you up to uh, after I set the course I would like to speak to the vice principal about that apparent uh, confiscation room that we got the uh, flying car from uh-huh I was see if, remember the whistle we had I want to see if I can yes. get if I can't get like four or five of those all linked together. Um, he says, "Oh, the only magic I know of for that is it's a one-way conveyance. You cannot link the whistles to one another in such a way. It's a one-to-one ratio." In that case, I want to get one for Chatsky's and one for the for my tower. Okay, so you're basically bugging Steebrook. No. I'm basically getting away so that way I can say, hey, we're here. Get your asses over here. <coughs> gotcha. Fair enough. Okay. So, so, uh, get, so that we all know when to get in the car. Yep. And so then are you taking one down to Chachkis? Yeah. Okay. But I was so hoping to are... wait until after Marithel changed her disguise. Okay. So, Marithel, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, but I'm changing after uh after stark and torin completely block me from balance um i'm gonna go to my room at tchotchkes and uh change out of my change back or change out of my disguise and into my actual stuff so out of curiosity when you change out of your disguise like do you even remotely look like the same person or are you just you just look like the same race yeah, I just look like the same race, but I don't look anything like. Um, okay. Yeah, no. Um, Marathil and Nedaline don't look anything alike. Do you want to give like a quick rundown on what Marathil and Nedaline look like? Yeah. Okay, um, so, uh, well, both of them, like, because I can't change my height or like my build or anything like that. Uh, so both of them are about 410 and like 90, 95 pounds somewhere in there. So, like, really, really thin, short. Uh, with uh, bluish black skin, um, Mirathil has uh, like really pale red hair that's like mid length on her back, and she has purple eyes, um, and has no tat- no tattoos, no freckles, anything like that. 
Um, but Nedeline has white hair that's chin length. She has golden eyes. Um, she has freckles on her chin and forehead. And she has a triple reversed cross tattoo underneath her right eye. And she also dresses a lot different than uh, Mirathel. Because like, Mirathel was like in like peasant's clothes. Like a like simple like dress with like a bonnet on and an apron. Um, but Nedeline wears like these big huge like red ruby earrings. And um, she usually wears like a black hood. Um, especially during the daytime to like protect her from the sun. And um, she usually wears like really like expensive clothing if, she, if she's not in her armor. But I think right now I'm going to change into my armor just in case shit breaks out. Um, so it usually does. What? Which, which, does. which usually does. So yeah, I have like, just like, um, if you guys played Skyrim at all, of course, Okay, you know the uh, Brotherhood, the Dark Brotherhood armor. Sure. In that game, the like red, it's kind of like reddish black armor. Yep. Uh, yeah. Her armor is yeah. really similar to that. Uh, so, like Cicero. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, I played like three hundred hours of Skyrim. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, her armor is very similar to that. It's you know like full body uh, reddish black studded leather armor, um, and then she has yeah black hood on. And, um, yeah, those are the differences between the two, two disguises. So she doesn't look anything like... So like how does this come to a way that everybody knows who you are or not? I, I'm just, I'm just going to make no mention of it. Like, I literally go and change out of my disguise, and then I just rejoin the party without saying a word. All right, you haven't rejoined the party yet, because we're going to... Uh, we're gonna have to have a quick conversation about this new random person when that happens. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> okay. Well, as she's coming out of her room, like in this little hallway right here, that's when I want to be walking in the door. Like when she's coming out right there, where everyone can see her. That's when I want to be walking through the front door of Chachkis. Okay. That way, I can say I can see her immediately and say some fun stuff. <laughs> Oh, if you want to see exactly what Nedeline looks like, it looks just like my tattoo that I have as my avatar on Roll20. Gotcha. Can we post that on the website so people can see? Yeah. Cool. And I took a picture of the Tchotchkes uh, bar, which will also be posted on tabletopchampions.com. So check it out. Cool. Awesome. Cool. So yeah, so I, I got to let this kind of unfold organically between you guys, and then we'll figure out what happens from there okay so, so yeah i come walking out of the back i come so walking you out just of the rejoin back. the party and yeah i'm walking what's, out of the i'm walking out of the back again? of the bar in or i'm walking out of the back of tchotchkes and into the main bar area as Devin is walking into what's this one's name again nedeline so Devin knows you hey nedeline the dom next door how you doing are we even within speaking distance? Like, are you just shouting this from, like, across the room at me? Shouting. Devine, it's uh, been a long time. Still got that sexy yet annoying accent, I see. Uh, I noticed that you have the same. Although, uh, maybe not so sexy. Uh, yeah, where I'm from, this accent is more normal than yours. So... 
Uh, this is probably true, but where I'm from, this is uh, the way we speak. Yeah, but we're, we are where I'm from, so <laughs> you have the accent, not me. Where exactly are you from? Um, now I'm from Steebrook, apparently. Um, but originally, like, which circle are you from? What? <laughs> now? Uh, one of the circle. Which circle of hell? Uh, uh, did you come from? Oh, uh, let's see. I think mine's from lust. I think yours is probably from bitchiness. Uh, not familiar with that circle. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, uh, I assume torn. This is happening fairly close to the entrance to the bar, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So at this point, Torin, who's sitting in the bar, goes, "Hey, hey, 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 hey Devin. Uh, there's no need to be mean to the patrons here at this bar because I do not recognize her as uh, Marathel or anyone I know. So I just think she's a paying customer. Uh, don't worry. Me and this bitch go way back. Hey, 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 hey." Paying customers aren't bitches. That's the rule. Uh, believe me, he was the paying customer. That, that does I've not surprise loose, me. But money has all. never changed. I've been a little loose, but money has never changed hands. Though it uh, has been offered to me. Credit where credit is due. Uh, he did not pay me. She offered me, though. All right. That's uh, not I, my recollection. Let me just real quick jump in here to say I do not want details <laughs> at all. Well, you like, almost got them back when we were almost, back when you died. Are you sure, Torin? I'm good. And how do you know who I am? Who are you? Uh, my name is Nedley. <laughs> you should know that by now. Well, I kind of yelled when I walked in. She's dumb next door. But I, that okay? So you're Nedley, but how do you know who I am? Oh, uh, we've been. Traveling together the last few days, we fight a uh, giant uh, hippopotamus, alligator, lion, cheetah creature. And so okay, even now, gonna... I'm even now, now even I'm confused. And so, would I what? be able to roll like an int- intelligence check to be able to figure <laughs> this all out? I guess you are wearing the headband of Inlock. Yeah. So if I rolled an intelligence check, it would be. A seventeen. Wow, good job. <laughs> so I well, because I am actually the smartest one. What is your end? I'm a 16. Oh, then you're tied with me. And actually, that is scaled down because the actual headband of intellect puts yeah, me, puts it at a 19. 18, yeah. Uh, but I don't need to be that smart. In fact, that would actually kind of ruin Torn if I was that smart. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I roll a 16, a 17 intelligence. Sean, would that be able to? I'd be able to figure out that literally the only other drow I've ever met in my entire life is the same person as who I'm talking to yeah, right now. Yeah, you can figure that out. So I thought your name I thought your name was Marathil. No. But you did introduce yourself as Marathil. No. Y- you did. Uh I have always been Nedlin. No, except for the part where you said you were Marathil and dressed like some hobo. I, I don't <laughs> I don't recall that and uh it definitely would not dress like a hobo. Remember remember you pulled out some sharp things from your special place. <laughs> uh I thought we just said that we were not going to give them details, Devin. I also do not I was talking that. about back then. Although I don't think they were as sharp as they were hot. Uh, listen, I do not want to talk about vagina dentata, so let's move on. 
Uh, that is a very big word for you to know, uh, Corinne. I'm quite impressed. I got a pretty sweet headband that lets me know some words I wouldn't otherwise know. Well, uh, uh, good for you. It's pretty great, actually. Uh, so, why? Seriously, though, can we just have a real quick aside? Like, what was your deal here? You definitely introduced yourself as Marathil. Mm, uh, don't recall. Uh, all right, listen. This whole party is kind of built off of trust and also mostly a uh, combined interest in killing things that are interested in killing us. So you, you, I, you've, expressed, just, you've expressed an interest in that second bit. But I'm going so. to need you to work on that first one, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, great. Uh, hey, Devin? Yes. I never want to hear about you and this one doing anything because it's gross and I don't even think it's physically possible. So let's move on. You don't want to hear any more about her, uh, Genevieve? I, I, I put a hand on Torin's shoulder and then I whisper in his ear, it's definitely possible. I, listen, the last thing I want to know is really anything. So let's move on and I'm going to drink some more and I start drinking heavily. <laughs> oh, okay. Torin, I brought you some. I brought you something for your bar. I hand him the whistle. Uh, okay. What is this? It's, it's a whistle, like- Torin. You should know this. A headband. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It's uh, so that way I can tell you to get the fuck back to my mage school when I has to go somewhere. All right. Well, you can keep it if that's what you're going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I throw him back the whistle. I hand it to his bartender say, I call, give that to him, please. Uh, if All right. You know we're not here that often. Oh, my God. No, I just love it because now the bartender has it, which means we're going to have a scene wherein the whistle rings and the bartender's like, is Torin here? Is there a Torin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Seymour Butts on the phone for Torin. Is there a Ben Dover? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so okay. So the night kind of passes. Uh, and someone repainting the logo out front. If you guys want to check the logo. <laughs> yeah. um, it says Chachkis. We're paying customers. Aren't bitches. And uh, you guys work your way through the night. Um, and the next you day. Yes, you work your way who, through the night. Who exactly is working their way through the night? Okay. You guys sleep <laughs> through the night. You get a full rest. Oh, damn. All right. Finally. And um, it dawn comes. Hang on, hang on, and... hang on. We've got one thing, though. Her curse. Yeah, I can't heal hit points. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We should work still, on that. I'm still cursed. I need to find a cleric in the morning. Okay, so then before... Let's let's go back. Before evening comes, um, you... All of a sudden, a familiar face <clears throat> works his way into the bar. And uh, comes and he says, Oh, hello, everyone. I came early so that I might speak with you with the matters that we've found of the realm. You recognize this as Alvarez. How the hell did he get here? We're like over a yen pool. The, the you remember yesterday we were talking about zeppelins coming and people coming into the city for Paris's funeral. Why do we get zeppelins? Oh yeah. my god! You guys, how many zeppelins have you flown on? 
Or one, 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 Sean, in the very first episode that wasn't ever fired, Natalie, like a Knox. year ago. And it was burnt. It was a flying ship. You didn't say anything about a zeppelin. It was oh, okay. definitely a zeppelin. It just happens that that was an episode that was like not recorded by like three months or more. Or more, yeah. So am I really being that shitty of a DM tonight? No, no, it's cool. There was a zeppelin. There zeppelins yeah. exist, but you made it sound like it was incredibly yeah. fucking rare. Yeah, but he's pretty rich and he's from Avisac. All right, Fair let's so cut this. Go, yeah, let's, let's cut this argument. So, so um, he's here. Uh, Alvarez arrives in Chashki's and he says, "Oh, Tor and everyone, I decided to come early. We have matters of state to discuss. Lord Stark, uh, do you have a room uh, here that we may discuss business in?" Uh, we have a room in my mage college. No, Stark has a room here. Yeah. That's right. Discuss stuff. He's got so, the, the king's suite. Or you would know the lay. You would know the lay of Chachki's. There's a big room like right behind the bar. There is a meeting room here. Uh, no. So just as a real quick aside, this bar, this back right corner, which was going to be uh, the gnome's room, because uh, it comfortably sleeps too, uh, is now Stark's room. Um, this room that is right behind the bar that you see in this map is Torrin's room because, oh, that makes it, sense. because it, it is the closest to the bar. Well, that and there's also a ton of empty bottles. Yeah, there. yeah. exactly. There's a ton of empty bottles all over that room. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so the logistically speaking, Torrin's room is the physically closest to the bar. <laughs> So he can pass out there. But there is a meeting room um, that we can use um, that is not too far off. And from. Alvarez is carrying a bunch of papers and parchments and the like. And he the guys says, at the table would call this a conference room, wouldn't they? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, he's got like a bunch of parchments and stuff and papers. And he, he do you guys escort him back to that room? Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he starts laying them out. He's like, we are receiving reports of evil cropping up through different parts of the realm in places we would have never thought. There's, there's reports of people missing, entire cities being swallowed, the, just evil finding its way onto the realm. I have mapped some of the locations we are hearing about uh, on this map, as well as some information surrounding the areas. And he spreads all these papers out and sets them down. And there's just a plethora of information. Books, a map with different markings on it. Okay. Uh, I, have a, uh, I have a report for you uh, regarding this. Uh, there was a floating city called Steebrook recently swallowed up. <laughs> uh, by a fish, in fact. Are you an idiot? He says, uh, yes, yes, I heard about the misfortune of of Steebrook, but this is, I mean, you are safe now. The rest of the realm is not. I, again, I fear I must call for your aid. All right. Well, let's, let's look at the map and figure out uh, where these things are and uh, who's closest. So there's a bunch of spots on the map. You guys kind of study it for a while. Yeah, um, Stark's like all different places. Yeah. Stark like starts looking through the pages and starts getting like really overwhelmed. Like, there's so many. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different reports of things happening. Some of them could be big incidences. Some of them might not be as important. But there's definitely some going on in the realm. You guys are going to have to do some research to figure out what your next step is. Uh, these are all uh, events that are happening on the surface. Uh, yes? Yes. 
Okay. They are. That's good to know. But you, at least three or two, or you, you three are the chosen. Uh, us three? Nope, not you. No. Uh, from well, Paris was one of the chosen, but he passed. Hey, I'm sorry. Who are you? Uh, my name is Nedeline. Nedeline, it's a pleasure. Are you, you could helping also, them with drinks, or you could also call her uh, Marathil. I don't uh, know this name. You keep saying. Mm, okay. Mm. Mm. Uh, I uh, travel with uh, with Torin and please, uh, Nedeline. Could I ask you? Could you please grab us some ales so we might discuss matters in private? No. Listen, we tried to get rid of her for a while before. She's really persistent. I say so just she, let her chill. So she is your companion? She yes. she certainly won't leave. So I guess that makes her our companion. And well, he looks at you. You appear to be injured. Do you fight often? Yes. She's got shit AC, though. So, <laughs> I mean... Well, perhaps I could I could offer some aid, and he pulls out some vials and like a how, scroll. How, to the hold, scroll. Hold on, how would he know that I'm injured when I'm wearing full armor? You He's probably like, just I wasn't wearing when I was in combat. You're you're cursed. You're cursed, and yeah. you probably aren't looking well. You've got like an aura. How many of hit points shit. do you have right now? I don't know, like twenty. Out of how many? 53, more than start. You're, you're more than half dead right now. Yeah. You're thinking a cleric, a cleric, one of the most renowned clerics of the realm, wouldn't recognize you to be wounded or injured. I'm just asking a question. I'm just saying that I don't have any visible wounds on me because I changed my clothes. Okay. Then you don't have any visible wounds on you. So he goes back to talking about the stuff at the table, and he says, well... I'm sure we all should get prepared for the memorial tomorrow. I am going to be speaking at the service. Oh, speaking of prepared things, hey, Torin, can I see your axe for just a quick second before we go to sleep? Nope. Can I... <laughs> nope. Come on, I want to stop one thing from happening that will make you a lot happier. Uh, Listen, I can't... Like, I don't know... I can't give you a good reason... But I physically cannot give you this no, axe. No, don't give it to me. Just hold it up in front of you real quick. Oh, well, I mean, it's a gigantic axe. I can't imagine it's ever not visible. I cast Banish it on his axe real quick. Cool. Uh, Torin, you begin to feel weird as some sort of presence that's been holding itself over you as if it's been kind of released. Oh, hey. Would, would you? Listen, I'm going to regret asking this. What'd you, what'd you just do, dude? Okay, I'm going to wave my hands, do the magic fingers, and say, magic. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a big fan of magic, but that felt good. And then the axe comes back. I gave them both a really strange look. Listen, I'm pretty open-minded for uh, <laughs> a mildly racist dragonborn. <laughs> so please putting it gently, yeah. I listen, All right. It's mild because it's only goblins. <laughs> it's just and, they're, and they're not real people so that barely even counts alright so um, so um, I don't Alvarez, have to roll so I don't have to roll wisdom saves when I get attacked anymore 
Nope. I thought. Don't you have to have it cast more than once? I thought. No, banish, banishment's a one and done. Banishment. Oh, okay. It's rid of the spirit on it or whatever yeah. it is. Oh, I so, you, I, for some reason, I thought you had said it took multiple castings. No, cur- so, if you did the remove curse, it would only temporarily remove. Oh, okay, that's what I was thinking. But banishment's a one and done, and now it's just a magic axe. A plus so, one axe. So on that note, Alvarez says, well, I will leave you to your your business. We must wake early for the service tomorrow, and he bows and goes to leave. Wait, uh, hang on, before you leave, how I saw you? a damaged elf lady... I think she changed her name. You might want to take a look at that one again. Like uh, Paris's sister, she was wounded again. Oh, like that dark elf right there. Just, I keep pointing just, to just elf emotionally. Character. Just emotionally. Uh, this dark elf lady. Yes. I don't know. She doesn't appear to be wounded in her new clothing and armor. <laughs> I'm about to cast five. I'm going to cast Prestidigitation or Thaumaturgy and make her soil herself. Damn <laughs> <laughs> you. Is that really happening? <laughs> I guess technically it could work. Yeah, I mean. He says, oh, my dear, you, are you sick? Are you ill? Do I get a save against that or anything? No, <laughs> no it's just that. No, pres- what? <laughs> yeah, Prestidigitation pres- just happens. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck you for casting a spell so I can't say well he says uh, she appears God. to have had an incident can uh, I intimidate that- Devin uh, okay oh that was a shit roll I got a 12 I got a 12 for my intimidation check against Devin after he does that to me I don't know what kind of roll I would have to save against that just do a competing intimidate I, know, I don't want to do intimidation Something that would make sense, though, then come up with it. Like, Constitution, or... I would say Constitution, because she's trying to intimidate you, and your heart needs to get behind you standing up to her. That seems fair. Nope. Okay. Devin, you kind of shy away a little bit. Yeah, what you gonna do? So, says, uh, my dear, is there anything I might assist you with? Uh, could point out a dry cleaner. Uh, I have not been here long. I'm sure that uh, you could recommend you a washing service. I don't even think you can dry. You clean things when they're dry. <laughs> that, even, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, it's, says, uh, well, then, it's an underground thing. I, he says, well then I, I bid you adieu. And he leaves. Seriously, you're not going to let Fine. Okay. He leaves. He walks out the front, and you guys have your evening. And he's still gonna die. Jesus, this has taken way longer than More I thought. Third, it was I think oh wait, it's... actually, <laughs> there's something else you forgot about that uh, curse too. He, he loses hit points. He does. Yep. So twenty four hours. So how many hit points do you have right now? Twenty. Do yeah. you have a death wish for Nedaline? <laughs> um, because possibly. you literally will die next fight. Yeah, dude, like, first thing in the morning, I'm going to the temple to go get healed. Okay, well, the temple, the service is going on first thing in the morning at the yeah. temple. I don't really care about Paris, though, so, like, I'll just go no, get okay. healed while everybody else is Busy. doing that. The night 
begins, Alvarez leaves, and you guys are left in the room. There's a bunch of maps. You can look at them now. You can look at them later. But it's definitely some research you're going to have to do to look around and decide your next course of action. Okay. Um, Torin is uh, very good with maps. So I would be spending a little bit of time and kind of getting a good understanding of the maps. Okay. Um, within your general area, um, there there appears to be a, just a ton of portals. Or not portals, but areas of incident that you can recognize. Um, okay. There's different notes along the way of different things. Devin is flying the city back to Avisac. I don't know if he told you. But there are at least two within 30 miles of Avisac. Uh, one of them is, is a note of Stone Ruin, Landskeeper Missing. The other one is um, Swampland Being Swallowed. <laughs> okay. One of those doesn't sound that bad. I mean, the swamp cares. I mean, if the swamp, the swamp disappears. I mean, who builds on a swampland? Yeah. So... But there's also just a... You could pick anywhere randomly on the map, and generally there's some some sort of... Are there uh, any that say succubi causing... <laughs> oh, God. No. Um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a few of them that say demon activity known. Damn. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, and we can kind of delve further into that um, After later. After a funeral. Yeah. So, um, the night starts to go. Devin, are you going back to the Mage College? Uh, yeah, to get some sleep. But on my way out, I want to make good on a promise I made to uh, Paris. Okay, what was that promise? That I was going to draw a dick on his cheek while he was asleep. Okay, he's not asleep, he's dead. But there's a statue of him. <laughs> okay. Um, there, there's about two people still outside standing in front of it as you see it. Hmm. Do they look tired? <clears throat> Not really. <laughs> hmm. Oh my God. I want to wait for them to go away. One of them leaves after about an hour. I'm going to need you to make me a constitution save. Okay. You outweigh this last person. It's two more hours of waiting, and that person finally leaves. We're going on about four in the morning right now. I'm going to draw a dick on his cheek. Okay. You wade through the water, you climb up the statue, and you draw a dick on a statue. Yep. Big old one. Hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> and the real then I question, close the college and go to sleep for eight real, hours. The real question is, do you draw a tiefling Wait, you go dick? go to sleep for eight hours? Because the funeral is at like eight in the morning and it's like four right now. Yeah, of course. That's why I'm not going to be there. All I'm right. Sleep. Oh, my God. Uh, the real question I have is... I just want to get a long rest. Do you draw a tiefling dick or, a, or an elf dick? My dick, to be precise. Got it. Okay. I want to sleep enough for a long rest, like maybe showing up. <laughs> Just as they start talking or something like that? You will not get a benefit of a full rest. Well, I'm just going to wait till I get a benefit of a full rest and I'll show up. <laughs> okay. That's going to be way after the funeral. So You're showing up for the after party. Uh, morning comes. Uh, the people in the Total tavern week. hear like this mass exodus of people like walking down the street. And you hear bells chiming in the distance. Um, you would assume that this is the bells for the funeral. 
I mean, obviously, we know where the funeral is, so uh, we are yep. at 10. So are you going? Yeah, of course. What kind of monster wouldn't go to Paris's okay. funeral? Yeah. The kind with horns and a tail and red skin. <laughs> In other words, the one that who actually looks like most like a monster. Um, Says Devin, the, you're you're sleeping in a little bit, and the you hear a tap 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 at your door, and he says, "Devin, the funeral is beginning soon. Would you like me to prepare you some breakfast?" Or and he hears no response. Pretty much, if I'm still sleeping. Okay. Everyone else received the benefit of a full rest. Devin is still sleeping. So you come to the church, and out front is a casket with a picture of Paris on the top of it. And um, the people kind of spread their way for you. And there's like handles on either side of it. There's four handles. Okay. So I assume we're supposed to carry it. Yeah. That's kind of what they're leading as. And Alvarez is standing there and says, please, his friends bear him along to his eternal sleep. All right. So where is, where is, where is Devin? Well, you said friends. Uh, and so I assume that Stark and, exactly. Yeah, I assume that Stark and Nedaline are on one side and that Torin is taking two handles on the other side. Nedaline's not here. Nedaline is not there? No, I told you I'm going to the temple to get healed first. This, this, is, this, is, this is the temple. This is There's the only one temple in this temple. entire city. This is the temple. There's gotta be other temples. It's not a multicultural society. It's one temple. Dear it's a Lord. flying city. They don't have. They gotta, you know, be selective on it's what they not, allow up there. Yeah, it's Damn not it. that. It's Fine. not that big. It's I'll all suffer, Protestant. I'll suffer through the stupid funeral so that I can get healed. I guess that <laughs> would. I guess so. We have Stark on one side of the fucking casket and Torn on the other. Good thing it's empty. <laughs> yeah, it is a good thing that it's a goddamn. They filled it. They casket. filled it with rocks. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. It's just symbolic. You guys carry it in and the people flood in behind you. This is standing room only. Alvarez takes his place at the pulpit. You guys carry him in. There are people weeping. They're just kind of sitting there and Alvarez says, We will never know why one so special as Harris Mithilmer was taken from us. We will never know why the gods decided one of the chosen must leave but all we can do is rest assured that he is laying in the celestial realm with Sehanin now please do not be sad for Paris be happy for his life and for all he has done for all of us in Steebrook and there's a moment of silence and then he says I assume his friends have thought of something to say of him. And so I invite them now. Let us begin with Devin. 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 (laughs) Devin must be mourning in his own way. Then please, Torin, will you please come and say a few words of, of Paris? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and he kind of walks the, his back off the pulpit, and and so I uh, approach the pulpit, uh, <laughs> and I'm standing there, and I say, uh, you know, uh, I, I know Devin is a uh, is a real he's real uh, he's in a bad place right now, uh, so he couldn't make it, 
I guess. Piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> I mumble under my breath, hopefully loud enough that at least some people can hear. Um, at least the first two rows. Exactly. And then so I say, um, Paris, Paris was a, oof. Paris was a very righteous, a very righteous man. Uh, he uh, was a firm believer in the law. He uh, sometimes was a little difficult to deal with, but I think overall he he really cared about uh, the people of uh, Steebrook and the people of uh, Irulan in general. He uh, sometimes could be r- real difficult to be around. I think his uh, his intentions were all, always positive. You know, he's he's absolutely in a better place. Listen, I could tell you. He's with Sehineen now, who's really... She's a real looker. I mean, like, imagine, and I point at whoever the most attractive person... And you hear some people in the crowd, like, kind of gasp a little bit. Yeah. But continue. Like, listen, I met Sehineen. Wow. There's a a girl that's, like, right here that's pretty attractive. Yeah. I'm not really into the old, like, pink flesh style thing. Uh, but like that chick over there, like that, but if like on a good day, uh, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, honey, but yes. how drunk is Torin right now for this? <laughs> how drunk is Torin or how drunk is Kyle? <laughs> because the answer for both is pretty fucking drunk. He's literally pointing at someone in the crowd and be like, kind of like that, but like 30 feet tall, really impressive. And like, and he's making like the hand motion for like uh, how endowed she was, <laughs> like really. And then Alvarez, Alvarez like grabs you by the shoulders, and he's like, "All right, all right." Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, literally, he's in a better place. Like, I, I tried to convince him that I should stay because it's a pretty sweet place. So he's there now. That's it. Thanks. And I walk back to my seat. Okay. And then Alvarez says. Uh, Alij, the king of Irulan Stark, would you please come to the podium and say a few words? And we're going to do kind of a quick little fade out, and we're going to see Devin sleeping in his chambers. Um, <laughs> Devin, make me a make me a perception check. <sighs> Devin so still Devin is still sleeping, and we cut back to Stark. Um, Stark takes the podium. Yeah, so St- Stark walks up and uh, gets up the podium. <clears throat> pulls out his like note card. My uh, my fellow Irulanians. Irulans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's what the yes people no, of they're, Irulan they're, are they're, they're Irulites. You Irulites. take one take one city point down for not knowing that. Oh come on! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So my my fellow my fellow Irulites, I stand before you now to. Remember the greatness that was Paris Mithelmer. I have stood at his side in many a battle, and on more than one occasion he saved my life, and I have saved his. It will be challenging for all of us who knew him to continue on in our lives, but we need to continue and as on you're, his. as you're saying this, you begin to hear screams from outside. So... And it- if I can hear screams, Torin gets up and sprints outside. Like uh, there's a lot of people, um, and all of a sudden, as you're starting to sprint towards the back of the church, um, you get to about there, 
and all of a sudden the doors bust through with this gigantic being covered in chains. Okay. Uh, its mouth is swirling in darkness, and then another one swoops down through the ceiling, the glass ceiling, and lands directly on top of the casket of Paris. So you see um, two shadowy creatures covered in chains, and telepathically here, telepathically you hear a gift from Torog. And we're going to start combat. So, Torin, what was your initiative? 16. Nataline, what was your initiative? 15. Devin, oh wait. Stark, what was your initiative? <laughs> uh, 13. And there's another person, there's another very special person here that rolled a 9. And who is that special person? You don't know yet. Okay. So, Torin, what do you do when you see these things... Uh, okay, so uh, one is at the I, front of the room, one is at the back of the room. So I was sprinting towards the back of the room, and it looks like, based on this map, that I am probably about twenty feet from the thing that's in the back of the room. Yeah, right? People are scurrying away from it. It lashes one person around the neck and chokes it to death, or basically pulls its head off, wow. and then turns and rears its head at you. All right, I'm going to run up to that thing in its face. Now, is it holding any sort of weapons or? Uh, it just its chains, but they're wrapped around the entire length of its body. All right. Well, I'm going to roll um, first a uh, just a regular attack against it. Okay. Uh, ooh, boy. An 11 versus AC. That is a miss. I figured it might be. And then I'm going to roll uh, my second attack, which is a disarming strike. Okay. Does a 25 hit its AC? That's a hit. Great, so I'm going to do 11 damage to it, and I'm going to try and force it to drop its chains, which is physically impossible, I assume. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. Okay, um, and then I am actually going to use an action surge, and I'm going to do it okay. again. And I'm going to do it again. So first, I'm going to roll uh, just a regular attack. Uh, 15 versus AC. That's a miss. And 17 versus AC. That's a hit. All right, so that is 16 damage. Okay. And that's going to be my turn. Let's move on to uh, Nedaline. All right, guys, don't be mad at me about this, but I have to use this as my first attack. Otherwise, okay. I'm going to lose out on it. Uh, so I'm going to roll and assassinate. Okay. Um. Against it. Against what? There's one in the front and one in the back. Uh, the one in the front. Okay. okay. So getting up here is difficult terrain, and then getting on top of the casket is no, difficult I'm shooting terrain. No, I'm shooting a crossbow bolt at it. I'm oh, not okay, getting gotcha. anywhere close to the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah, no, I'm not going to make that mistake. Does a 27 hit? It does. Awesome. And I do 33 points of damage. That's a lot of ones. For non-magical weapon, right? Yeah. Uh, piercing? Yeah, non-magical piercing. Okay, so it seems it kind of goes through the change. The arrows break. Some of them hit home, or a couple, like a piece of it hits home, but it doesn't fully hit. All right. Can you point out to me on the map where, um, where Alvarez is? Is that one right there? 
Yes. Okay. And then Torin, did you hit it with slashing? Yeah, but with a magical weapon. Okay, gotcha. Okay, cool. Okay, so then I use my move action. I'm going to move here next to Alvarez, and then I'm going to use my free hide action as a rogue, and I'm going to stealth, which is a 15. Okay. So I shoot it, I run over to uh, Alvarez, and then I kind of duck down behind that podium there as I, like, sprint over. Okay. So the next Uh, round I can get Alvarez to heal me. (laughs) Okay. So that was, yeah, so that, okay. Um, Alright, so Stark just turns to this thing that's appeared uh, basically just on top of Paris's coffin. Well, fake coffin. He says, you bring a gift from Torog, I have a gift for you. Uh, And he's going to use Vow of Enmity on it. Well, he's going to run up to it and use Vow of Enmity. Okay. Uh, So I have advantage on my attack rolls against him. Okay. I'll swing my Sword at him, trying to stab through its chains. Uh, That's a hit. 23. That's a hit. Alright, so he takes four slashing damage. And okay. he takes a wound. And I'm going to swing at him again. Okay. And another 25. So I'm assuming that's a hit then. And uh, on this one, I'm going to use uh, Divine Smite. Let's see. I'm going to use a second level spell slot. And this is a fiend, I'm assuming? Yes. Excellent. Uh, he takes an extra 19 radiant damage. Radiant? Yes. Okay. I have to assume as a fiend, he does not enjoy radiant damage. Uh, actually, it doesn't say anything. All right, well, that blows. So well, I, just, I, get, I automatically get an extra D8 on my smite, so... So Stark does that damage to it, and then all of a sudden, from the back of the room, you hear, Torun, Torun, I can help you. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and a little goblin makes his way through the crowd, through the running people, and stands up on one of the pews. And he... More like at, P.U. Uh, Sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm not allowed to make bad jokes. Uh, Devin, what is the lightning bolt? Lightning, uh, lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. There we go. It's literally the lightning bolt stuff. And it's going to outreach its hand. I just didn't know if you knew offhand while I was pulling it up. Uh, um, it's damage? Gonna, no. But it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same as a fireball. No, it's it's going to outreach its hand at the uh, chained being at the back of the room. And it's Eight, going it's, to attack it. And so this thing's going to roll a deck save. And it fails. What about all the people behind it, though? It's yes, standing true. up on it's standing up on that uh, fountain in the back, so it's above. Oh, okay. so it's kind of aiming upward. Okay. It's going to take thirty-five lightning damage. I'm really angry that the <laughs> shitty goblin just did more damage than me. <laughs> so um, he says, "Torin, I did it. The rest is to you." Okay. And we're going to move on back at the top of the round to Torin. Uh, okay. So Torin. Oh, wait, those guys, never mind, never mind. It's these guys. Yeah. Sorry, I failed. I, I was right. going to let that so now, slide. Yep, so uh, the Chain Devil yeah. um, looks at Torin. Sure. Oh. Nope. 
looks at Torin. Um, can you give me a wisdom saving throw? Oh boy, <laughs> I can sure fail at a wisdom saving throw. Let's see what happens. How does a fourteen feel? Um, all of a sudden, out of the crowd, walks Paris Mithelmer from what you see. Okay. And stands before you. Um, his mouth goes to gape and opens and just kind of contorts, and you are frightened. You cannot walk towards Paris nor the Chain Devil. You are afraid of him. Okay. Um, and he's going to attack you. Mm-hmm. His chains. He's going to attack you with two of them. Sure. First attack is a 20 versus your AC. Miss. Second attack is a 17 versus your AC. Miss. Okay. And then the other one in the front is going to look at Stark. And Stark, can you make me a wisdom saving throw? I sure can. <coughs> wisdom saving throw. 21. Um, so you see... Uh, Paris walk out from behind the casket, but you immediately recognize it as an illusion. You are not frightened. I am also not amused. And he's going to attack you twice with his chains. A 13 versus your AC and a 17 versus your AC. Both miss. Man, these guys suck. (laughs) Um, Also, as he does that, there is some... um, hanging candle candelabras that are uh, on the ceiling above this area. Oh, sorry. But kind of between the two first pews. Um, And all of a sudden, they sprout razors and drop to the ground. And they start singing, Be Our Guest. (laughs) So that's going to be represented by these guys. And on the next round, they will take their turn with... The chained creatures. Okay. Okay, let's move on to Torin. Torin, you are frightened. All right, so frightened, I assume, means I can still attack it, but I'm attacking at disadvantage, correct? Yes. 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 So I am going to attempt to attack it again. Um, And the funny part is is that I'm going to attempt to do a menacing strike uh, (laughs) against it. So does a 23... Hit its AC. Yes, it does. Great. So it's going to take 16 slashing damage, and I need it to make a wisdom saving throw against me this time. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's funny that you're scaring each other shitless. Yeah. We're just yelling at each other. Boo! Boo, motherfucker! It saves. This one's not scared of me, but he still takes this. But at this point, I think you have to use your entire movement to get away from it, don't you? No. No. Okay. That's okay. so I'm not allowed. Oh, to gotcha. move. Okay. I'm not allowed to move closer to it, but I'm already adjacent to it. So here I am. Okay. And I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I can. Uh, how does? Oh boy, I critically fail. Yeah. No. So unfortunately, I missed that one. That's my turn. Uh, Nedeline. Uh, so I'm gonna ask uh, Alvarez to cure me. Are you, like, hiding in those flowers right now? Yep. Okay, so you're, like, peeking out, and you're like, what do you say to Alvarez? Uh, I say that... I tell him about the mummy's curse and to to heal me. He says, why didn't you tell me that last night? This would have been a handy thing to know. <laughs> and then he says, and he says uh, okay, 
and he actually falls. We'll say he falls in initiative order after you. So at the end of your turn, he will remove your curse. Okay. Well, that's my whole turn. Okay. Now, out of curiosity, does that heal him, or does it just put him at seven <laughs> HP nope, with the ability to heal? It just puts him at heal. seven HP with the ability to heal. And her, by the way. Sorry, yeah, that's her, my mistake. Sorry. Yep. Okay, so Alvarez removes your curse. Awesome. Um, and then we move on to start. Oh, and I make a new height check. Okay. Twenty. Yep. Yep, that's a pretty good height check. You're even more in the flowers than you were before. Awesome. Okay. Stark. So Stark is pretty pissed at this guy. So as a bonus action, uh, I'm going to just uh, cast a Hunter's Mark on this guy next to me. Okay. And uh, resume my assault on him. Does a 15 hit his AC? It does not. Okay. How about a 15? <laughs> that is that is not gonna work. That does okay. not do you it. Can't just see. Can't just keep saying fifteen. <laughs> well, apparently I can just keep rolling fifteen, even though I still have advantage. All right, uh, that's my turn then. Uh, chain guys. Actually, they come after Chu. So Chu looks at um, the chain thing and he says, "It's all right, Torin." I'll help you. And uh, he is going to cast uh, Firebolt. So he rolls a 23 against the creature's AC, which hits. So that's going to be uh, 1d10 fire damage. Uh, actually, 2d10 fire damage. Which is going to be a 10. Um, this thing, the chains kind of heat up for a second, and then it subsides and the thing is still standing there. But it okay. is extremely wounded. And then uh, we're going to move on to the creatures. Uh, this one is going to look at Torin, the one sure. at the south end of the room, and he's going to attack him with his chains. Uh-huh. Is that an advantage because he's frightened? Or No. No, I just roll a disadvantage gotcha. against him. Okay. So he's going to whip the chain around, and it's a 10 versus your AC. Miss. Crap. 17 versus your AC. Miss. I cannot believe how crap I'm rolling. And his to hit like is a plus 8. I only have a plus 9, so it's not like he's yeah. got, like, you're just rolling turds. Yeah. And then the guy at the north is going to attack... This chain is going to reach out. Uh, this one to the right is going to reach out and attack Stark. The other one cannot quite reach him. So it's going to be three chain attacks. 23 versus AC. That is a hit. That's going to be 11 damage. Uh, what kind of damage is that? That is slashing damage. Is that magical slashing damage? No. Cool, then it's reduced by three. So I take a repeat. <laughs> okay. That, and you are grappled. All right. So then these two other attacks are going to be at advantage. So that's going to be a 12 or a 13. That's a... And then a 24. 24 is a hit. Yep, so that's going to be 11 more slashing damage. Okay, so eight. 
Are we back to the top of the round? You guys are going to hear a banging on the side of the church. Or the side of the temple. Okay. Well, right over here. We're pretty distracted right now. Okay, but it's loud. All right, but there's still it's a really gigantic loud. chain creature in front of me. Okay. That's trying to kill me, so. Torin, you're up. Uh, okay, I'm going to try and scare this goddamn <laughs> thing again. Okay. Uh, so how does a 15 do against its AC? That's a miss. All right, now I'm just going to try and hit it with an axe proper. 16. That's a hit. Great. 10 slashing damage. Uh, you cut through the chains and the beast dissipates. Shadows rise from the chains and there's just a pile of chains on the ground. And I laugh at its expense and I start to run towards <laughs> the front of the room uh, as far as I can. Okay. That's my turn. All right. Nedaline. Um, I ask Alvarez to heal me. Okay. <laughs> Alvarez says, Oh, you must be in quite the spot. Okay. Yes. And, I have seven uh, hit points left. He says, it looks, like, it looks like your friend could use some healing as well. The, the king, the great king. Uh, so sure, I really you. don't just... I need healing. Start so... So he will heal you at the end of his turn. Okay, he's going to heal you for a lot. 14. Okay. Wasn't great, but... That triple, that triples his health. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Stark, you're up. Okay. Uh, so I remembered I forgot to roll my constitution save for maintaining my concentration, so... Oh, he also those... forgot to roll against his wounds. Oh, yeah. So how much damage would he have taken from the wounds? Uh, it would have been just one. Okay. So he's taken two damage, and he would have had to make a save. Okay. What kind of save? Constitution? Yep. DC is 15. He does not save, so he is still wounded. Cool. Okay. Uh, and i got to make my con saves to keep Hunter's Mark on him. Okay. Uh, 23, so that's one success, and then for the second yep. damage, 11, so that's another success. Okay, cool. so... so I still have Hunter's Mark on him, and, uh, <coughs> yeah, I try and stab into this thing with my sword one more time. Okay. Does the 15 hit now? No, it does not. I'm sorry. Uh, You're also okay. grappled. Okay. Eh, whatever. I'm okay. not planning on running away. I think that should that should have been a disadvantage from a grapple, shouldn't it? Uh, grapple just means your speed is zero. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, so how about a twenty-one? That's gonna be a hit. All right. So he's gonna take eleven slashing damage. He's gonna take another wound, and okay. um, he's gonna take a d six from Hunter's Mark. So he takes an extra two. And I'm going to use Divine Smite with another second level spell slot. Okay. For another 15 radiant damage. Okay. So let's see. So that's 28 damage this turn. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, the wall crashes down. 
and a gigantic red creature busts through the wall. Um, and the people that are kind of huddled against the wall that are away are just torn apart in this tumult. And it comes in, and it doesn't say, oh, yeah, but it looks at, it looks at you guys just ready to fight. Okay. And um, that's going to be its, uh, its turn. Actually, you know what? Uh, for the rest of its action, it's going to fly. So it's going to lift up off the ground and soar about 10 feet off the ground. Uh, this chain is incapable of moving. You're already grappled by that one, so the chain creature is going to attack you twice with this chain, Stark. Okay. A 14 versus AC. That's a miss. Or does he still have and, advantage? Oh, he does. So that would have been a 20 versus AC. It's still a miss. Okay. And a 18 versus AC, which is also a miss. Yep. Chu actually on his turn, sorry, would have just kind of run up. He wouldn't have really done anything. He would have gotten to about here. Okay? So then we're going to move on to Torin. Uh, Torin is going to run as far as he can. One, two, three, four, five, six. So he's going to be about conveniently, what, 30 feet from it? So as you get closer, this is like a horned beast-like creature with gigantic claws. It's got a secondary set of arms and huge clawed feet. Uh, all right. Well, I would get as close as I can to it, and then I'm going to shoot a lightning bolt out of my face to try and hit it. Okay. I need it to roll a deck save. 14. Great. It fails, so it takes 12 lightning damage. Um, it only takes part of that. It looks like it just kind of flows through it, and it's only partially hurt by it. Really? It's resistant to lightning? Mm-hmm. So you said 12? Yep. Okay. Uh, that's my turn. Devin? Mm-hmm. At this point, you may have heard some commotion going on. Yeah. You still have not gotten a full rest, and it's going to take you a while to get there, but you may have been made aware of the situation. I don't have a full rest. I can do literally nothing. I'm just saying you you know that something is going on now. I don't know if you want to try and make your way there or just continue sleeping. Uh, is my magic staff ready yet? Yeah, but you'd have to go to talk to someone about that. <clears throat> They're probably at the funeral. I'm going to unfold my magic car and start flying there. Okay. It's going to take you three rounds to get here, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Nettling. Um, Did you the, buy one on the, the one Sorry. on the altar doesn't know about me because I'm no. So, so you're at an advantage. So yeah, I'm gonna roll. Uh, I'm gonna attack it with crossbow again. Okay. Does a twenty six hit? That's a hit. Okay. <laughs> and I do twenty one points of damage. Um, it kind of breaks off a little bit in the chains, but you still do a decent chunk of damage. So. All right. And, and then I'm going to hide again. Okay. For 19. Okay. You are, it doesn't see you as far as you're concerned. Okay. Stark. 
All right. Uh, I guess I'll continue trying to stab this thing, you know, trying to, like, cut through some of the chains. Okay. Probably someone's around me if I can, but uh, does a 23 hit. It does. All right. Uh, I'm going to expend a first level spell slot and add on a divine smite. Uh... For an extra 12 radiant damage. We'll okay, what does it look like when it dies? So, basically, I swing my sword, cleave through the chains holding me, and on the backswing, stab it straight through its face. Sweet. Right in the face hole. Yep. Alright, so then we're going to move on. Do you have anything else you want to do this turn? Uh... Oh, what are these things that, like, fell out of the ceiling? They're chains, but all of a sudden, once that thing died, it loosens its grip on you. Uh, they were chains that were a part of the ceiling that were animated with razor blades. Oh, okay. And you were grappled. So, but they kind of go untaught, and you are able to step out of them. It'll take you five speed of movement to step out of it. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to start moving towards this other thing. Okay. Then we're on to Chu. Chu is going to move right here in front of Torin. He's like, I'll save you, Torin. And he's going to cast Chromatic Orb. Now, is Chromatic Orb a save DC or is it a, an attack DC? Attack. That is going to be a hit. And it is going to be... And it's going, he's going to do it as cold damage. So 3d8 cold damage. Wow. Okay. Nine damage. Um, but it doesn't seem as phased by it. And we're going to move on to Torin. That's one round, one round count for you, Devin, getting there. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, Torin on his turn is going to one, two, three, four, five. He's going to get right up close to this new red monster. And he is now, is the monster holding any sort of weapon or? It is not. Uh, okay, he's going to roll a menacing attack against the monster. Okay. Uh, oh boy. He's going to fail his first one. And he's going to roll a second one. And he's going to crit his second one. Nice. <laughs> Alright. So, he does a total of 24 damage. Um, okay. And because it's a menacing attack, the target must make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. The DC is 16. And it fails. It rolls a two. Great. So the creature is now frightened of me. Um, okay. So it is going to roll its attacks at disadvantage, and it cannot move closer to me, uh, which is, of okay. course, convenient because we're already adjacent. Okay. And that's my turn. Sounds good. When does the new demon devil thing go? Uh, on the initiative of the other creatures. Nettleine. So the one on the altar is dead, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so 
And within range, I'm going to go ahead and sneak attack the uh, red thing. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I'm going to assume that 11 doesn't hit. That does not hit. Okay. Uh, then I stealth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it sees you, and it actually picks you out. <laughs> For the listener, you critically I, failed. <laughs> I critically failed twice. Yep. Two times okay. in a row, critically failed. Nice. Stark. Lillian, really bringing something to this fight. Spent the first half getting healed, the second hey, half... You know what? I, sneak, I, I got two sneak attacks <laughs> in, and I've dealt almost 60 points of damage so far, so I'm not bringing nothing to the table. I missed one attack Except. and wasted two <laughs> turns getting healed. Except I'm pretty sure it resisted most of that 60 points of damage. All right, so Stark's going to move up to here, uh, okay. closer to this thing. He's going to, as a bonus action, use uh, Hunter's, put, move Hunter's Mark onto this thing. Okay. And he's going to throw some javelins at it, because it's too far away for him to get up close. Okay. Uh, so he's going to critically fail the first one. Okay. And the second attack, he's also going to critically fail. Wow. So did you just, like, murder two civilians? <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of out, either dead or out of the way at this point. Everybody's clearing way. Okay. Yeah, I kind of assumed any so, civilian staying next to there's been There's been probably about 15 civilian casualties at this point. Wow. Surprisingly, it's not more. That's sh pretty shitty, though. So... Not much you guys could do. Um, so we're going to move on to Chu. Chu is going to cast Acid Splash, so it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Too far away for Acid Splash. He can get closer. Okay. Acid Splash is a really long range. Acid Splash, 60 feet. Yeah, Acid Splash is 60 really? feet. That's what I thought, yeah. yeah. I thought it was one of those close range ones. No. Five foot count or something like that. So he's going to target him and the space next to him that is not occupied by Torin. So it's going to make a deck save. It's going to succeed. So the acid splashes, but nothing happens. And then we're going to move on to this guy. Um, he saw... Mm, he's going to attack Torin. Okay, he and has to do so, it at disadvantage. Yep, so this is going to be a lot of disadvantage attacks. So he's going to attack you four times, two with his claws, Shit. two with his fists. All right. Thankfully, I have a pretty good AC. So that's going to be a 16. Miss. A 23. Hit. So that's going to be 16 points of damage. Okay. A 27. See, now you're rolling good, Sean. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now that you have disadvantage. Yep, seven damage if that's a hit. Okay. And an 11. Uh, great. So um, after that last one, um, I'm going to use my reaction <coughs> to a uh, riposte. Um, okay. He missed me with an attack. And it's going to be a 20 versus AC. That's a hit. And he's going to take 12 damage. All right. And then when does his uh, Frightened of You end? Does it's, he make a save? It's or? at the end of my next turn. Okay. So then we're going to move on to you. 
Uh, great, because I'm going to do a menacing attack. Okay. <laughs> uh, hold on, I just have to calculate how many points I have left. Okay, I'm going to do a menacing attack, uh, which is going to be a crit. Jeez. Uh, so I'm going to hit. It's going to be 26 slashing damage. Okay. And he needs to make a new wisdom saving throw. Okay, hold on. How much slashing damage was that? 26. Okay, and his wisdom save was... 13. He fails, and he is still frightened of me. Okay. And I only have one of those points left. Nettleine. All right, I'm going to try and do the same thing that I did last round, which is sneak attack. Oh, no, because he knows that I'm here, huh? Yep. You can still sneak attack because Torrin's within five feet of him. As long as you have an ally within five feet of the enemy, then oh. you can sneak attack. Okay, cool. Then I do that. And he is an ally, or she is an ally, because she did come to the fucking funeral. Yeah. <laughs> so that's your second round, Devin. You'll be arriving oh, at the crit. end of this round. Nice. That's a, crit. that's a critical hit. So here is my damage roll. Thirty-five Jeez. points of damage. Nice damage. Oh wait. So was that uh piercing damage? Piercing, non magical. Okay. And so then it's phased by it, but not as much as you would think. Then I stealth. Um, Alvarez runs away and kind of hides behind the altar. Stark, you're up. <laughs> he didn't move, though. Okay, well, he's there. <laughs> For the listener, he's there. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, Stark gives up on throwing javelins at this thing because that didn't work. And he just runs up to it and slashes at this thing with his sword trying to take okay. advantage of it being distracted by uh, Torin. In Abyssal it says oh, fresh meat. Does an 11 hit its AC? It does not. How about a critical hit with a 26? That's a hit. Awesome. So that's going to do, uh, okay, I actually messed up the macro a little bit. So that does 14 damage to it, um, plus I'm going to do a uh, Divine Smite with the second level spell slot. Uh, so let's see, it's going to be two, I'm just going to roll it. Uh, 39 on top of damage? that 14. Wow. Yeah, radiant damage. Okay. Uh, oh, and the Hunter's Mark damage as well for 6 damage from that. Okay, wow. Okay, it's hurting. Yeah. Okay, Chu is going to go. He's going to do his Acid Splash again. He's going to crit. Chu crits on it. Wait, so. Chu crit. No, Chu didn't crit. On the, acid splash. 
Acid Splash is a saving throw. Oh, damn it. Alright, so then that would have been... So he critted on his save. Yeah. So Acid Splash is around and nothing happens. Um, And then this thing is going to smash at Stark. Uh Uh-huh. He's going to attack you four times. Okay. So it's going to be... And he has disadvantage because... Yep, here's the two claw attacks. So the first one's going to be a 12. Okay, that's a miss. The second one's going to be a 13. When he makes his first attack, I make an attack against him because he's attacking someone that isn't me. Okay. Because I'm a sentinel, and it is a 23 versus his AC. That's a hit. And it takes 13 slashing damage. What does it look like when you kill this beast? So he goes to attack Stark with an axe, and as he is going to attack Stark... With his claw, whatever, I reach forward and slam his arm so that it falls off. He looks at me in horror, and I make another slam at his neck, and his head comes off, and he is dead. That he is. All right, so you guys, there are panicked people in the church. All of a sudden, Devin's CAR rolls up out front. Devin, you walk into the church through the crowd of people that are running outside, and what do you say? God damn demons. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Uh, <laughs> just as a real quick thing, before we end the episode, Torn's going to walk to the front of the church and say it's going to ha- take a hell of a lot more than that before we're shaken by some fucking shitty monsters. Let's keep the funeral going. <laughs> what? There's dead people. There's dead people everywhere. How can you ask us to continue the funeral? And people are uh, tending to the wounded. And it's normally how a funeral works, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Let's keep this rolling. At a funeral. Let's keep this rolling. And so, so Torrin's at the pulpit right now, and that's how we're going to end the episode. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for listening to another episode of the Tabletop Champions podcast. Uh, again, you can always find us on our website at tabletopchampions.com. You can tweet at us at tabletopchamps. You can find me at Sean the DM. You can find me at Fung. You can find Scott at Elamond RPG. And you can now find Ben at The Void Man and the O is a Zero. Ben's got one. That's exciting. It's yeah. very exciting. And you can probably- All of us actually have one now, but you have to try and find Wade. Yeah. He's so. gonna, I was about to tell you what it was. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. Wade, what is it? Actually, I was going to say you can find me in my bed. that's creepy Um, but yeah please uh, rate and review us on iTunes and tell a friend it's the best way for us to find more uh, wonderful listeners who will enjoy this podcast Um, feel free to send us feedback at tabletopchampions.com or by sending it to tabletopchamps at gmail.com and then other than that uh, just you know enjoy and uh, we'll see you next week toodles Toodles. Philotus Imperialis Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Bye. Dick move, Devin. It really kind of is a dick move. (laughs) It exactly was a dick move. I mean, you drew a dick on his fucking statue and then you slept through his funeral. It's an impressively (laughs) dick move you just pulled. That is fucking bad. I like I just heard it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's really bad. (laughs) Yeah.